Good morning, church family and ministry friends. This is Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so glad that you are here today. Woo! Praise God. Take your Bibles and meet me in the book of Ezra chapter 9. Let's receive the tithes and offerings before we jump into the main message today. Chapter 9 and verse 3. Ezra said, So when I heard this thing, I tore my garment and my robe, and plucked out some of the hair of my head and beard, and sat down astonished. Well, he has heard that some of the Jews there in Jerusalem have been marrying some of the local pagans. And, you know, that's going to lead to trouble because, first of all, God said, Don't do that. But then, you know, eventually when you're married to somebody that's a pagan, then you're going to have children, and that unbelieving spouse is going to try to pull them into the same lifestyle that they prefer, and you're looking at basically people falling away from God. Now, verse 7, since the days of our fathers to this day, we have been very guilty. And he goes on to talk about how they have gotten into the trouble that they're in because of disobedience. But, you know, God is moving because there is a work taking place. It's just that the work is ongoing. It's progressive. Look at verse 8. And now for a while, while grace has been shown from the Lord our God to leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a peg in His holy place, that our God may enlighten our eyes and give us a measure of revival in our bondage. Now God is able to enlighten your eyes. That is one of the products of the spirit of wisdom. One of the areas of wisdom is that wisdom allows you to have the ability to anticipate a consequence. In other words, if I do this and this is wrong, what's going to happen? But besides the fact that we know we are crossing a line we shouldn't cross, what's going to happen? Well, what's going to happen is not going to be good. And so wisdom says we're not going to touch it. Not only is it wrong, there are consequences, and we're going to stay away from that. So there's the enlightening of the eyes and seeing the value of God, the eternal value of serving a living God, and staying away from things that in the first place could never satisfy you. All the drugs, all the immorality, all the things that people grasp for, looking for uh, means of happiness or satisfaction, it never ever satisfies. It does not have the ability to. So that is the enlightening of the eyes. And give us a measure of revival in our bondage. So there is bondage. There are still problems. There's people that are buried in debt. There are people that are marrying uh, pagan, you know, uh, Satan worshipers. There's all kinds of problems going on. But there is some revival going on as well. But it is a measure of revival. You know, you can have personal revival in your own life where you just say, Lord, I want my life to be on fire for you in any areas where I have not been engaging you fully. I just open my heart to you and come in to the, all of the chambers of my heart and, uh, you know, sit on the throne of my heart and be Lord over my life. And so there is the, the spirit of revival where people return back to God and make their lives right with God and begin to live for Him as they should. But my friends, we can also have personal financial revival where we say, God, I'm committing 
to obey you in the area of finances. And I'm going to honor you with the tithe as your word instructs me to do. And I'm also going to give offerings as your word instructs me to do. Well, there are many Christians today that of course would celebrate revival, but when it comes to the area of the healing and the coming out of bondage in the area of their finances, suddenly they try to get real spiritual. And they say, well, Pastor Stephen, it's just, it's actually more important to so, so a smile. Give the offering of a smile to somebody. And so a hug to your brother or sister in the Lord. Well, now, what you sow is what you'll reap. And so if you sow a smile, which is sweet to do that, but you're going to get smiles back. Those smiles will not pay off your mortgage supernaturally. You know, give somebody a hug. Brother, be encouraged. God loves you. Here's a hug. Okay, then you get a few more hugs back because you sowed, now you're reaping. But those, those hugs are not going to help you to, you know, pay off your car loan. But God wants you to come into a financial revival that is inflamed through obedience where God begins to work in your life. Bills are paid off. Debts are paid down, paid down, paid down, gone. Praise the Lord. And then what, where are you actually standing? Then you're standing, not just in a measure of revival where you dance around and say, I love Jesus and he loves me. And that's great, but you're broke. That's, that's not fun. Okay. It's great that your heart is back with the Lord in that area but open all of your heart to the Lord and just say, Lord, come on in and heal, heal everything, everything in my life, everything in my heart that has affected what is going on in my life. Lord, just start healing everything. And how do you do that? You begin with the first step of obedience. You start doing the right thing in every area and line it all up with the word and honor God, honor God in your finances and just begin to walk it out. And I'll tell you what, God will, he'll walk you into what it's not just a measure of blessing, but the fullness of the blessing. Woo. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. A financial revival in your life where you're giving uh, the Lord, the tithe, and you're giving offerings as the Holy Spirit is moving upon your heart to participate in kingdom projects. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. And then, because of that, God taking you into great, vast areas of overflow where you step into a place where the Abrahamic covenant becomes full force in your life. And yes, you belong to the Lord. Yes, you're on fire for God. But yes, also the financial revival is flowing in your life. Praise God. Now, let's do just that. Let's engage in the spirit of revival. Remember, it's a package deal or else you're only going to end up with a measure of it. Mm -mm. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Pastor Stephen, I came back to God and I got rebaptized in water and I'm on fire for the Lord. Oh, that's wonderful. Did you pay your tithe? Uh, I'm not really into that. Okay. All right. Gla I'm glad you you're back on fire for the Lord. Glad you love the Lord. But uh, go all the way. Go all, not look, not just to measure, go all the way. And life will get real sweet, real sweet, real quick. 
Heavenly Father, I pray for your people that are watching and taking this to heart. Father, I thank you for fullness of revival in their life where the wind is behind their back. Their wind, they're like in a spiritual jet stream and they are moving with your spirit, not in just one compartment of their life. Their whole life purpose and destiny is moving forward according to plan. Now we thank you for this. We give you the praise in Jesus name. Let us all agree and say amen. Those of you that are mailing in your tithe and your offerings, you can send those to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Baravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. For those of you that prefer to bring it in online, you can do so anywhere in the world. Go to stephenbrooks.org. That's our ministry homepage. Look at the top. There's a header that says Give Online. You can click on that and it gives you your drop down menu of how you can now begin to give your tithe and your offering. Oh, praise God. I see revival in your life. I see you happy. I see you full of joy. I see you overcoming every challenge and I see you seriously blessed. Woo! Seriously blessed. It's going to make some people jealous. It's going to stir them up. <laughs> They're going to say, how is she doing all of this? How is he doing that? And you're going to be doing it debt free to the glory of God. Mm-mm. And if they inquire, you can answer them with words that are seasoned with salt and just let them know, hey, this whole thing hinges on not the nation's economy. This whole thing hinges on not necessarily even who's in the White House. This whole thing hinges on not where you live or whether you have an education or not. This whole thing hinges on your obedience. Woo, amen. And then say, follow me as I follow Christ. Mm-mm. Woo, praise God. Praise God, you are blessed. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you for your giving as this ministry is continuing to reach around the world and, and is reaching further. New, uh, new information coming soon. News updates coming soon concerning that. Praise God. Now, let's take our Bibles today, and I want to talk about cutting through the noise and journeying over to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 24, and let's pray as we jump into today's message. Father, as we are journeying into Your Word, we ask that that light, that ability to see spiritually, would be given to us, the spirit of revival would rest on us, and that we could actually cut through all this craziness and hear what you're saying. Father, I thank you that you're going to talk to your people, and what you say is so often even exactly opposite of what the noise is proclaiming. Father, I thank you that your people will have laser accuracy in the area of knowing what you're up to, not only in the earth, but in your plan for their personal life. Now we give you all of the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Matthew chapter 24, of course, anybody that studies end time prophecy, this is one of the key books in the Bible, and the key chapter in the book of Matthew about much of the end times. 
And some of it, of course, is just so fun to read and study the abomination of desolation. Daniel the prophet, what he said about it and all, that's all fascinating. But I want us to focus today around verse 6. Jesus said, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. Woo! Let me camp here just for a moment. Hearing about wars, even rumors. There's also, there are real wars taking place, and there's even rumors about big ones that could explode. Who knows what's going to happen? It's not new, but it's going to increase in the last days. And there's several reasons for that. Number one would be the activity of the devil, but number two would be just for the sake of where news is now so widespread through television and social media. Uh, news, whether it's mixed with propaganda or sometimes just outright propaganda, sometimes outright lies, or maybe, maybe telling exactly what's taking place but it's just another talking head to give you more information, much of it which is completely irrelevant to your life. So we do hear often of wars and rumors of wars. We hear it all the time. Now we are hearing about the potential for, you know, Israel to not only, you know, continue to deal with Hamas and this great offensive ground war that's about to step up to a new level, but, you know, then you have Hezbollah up north. And then you have Iran hanging out over there in the Middle East, watching everything, uh, funding everything for the bad guys and causing a lot of problems around the world, uh, especially there in the Middle East. And so then, and then you have Russia. And uh, of course, there's all kinds of uh, narratives being spun in the news about all of that. And there is the reality of wars that make millions upon millions and even billions of dollars for defense contractors. And, you know, our government sells this many planes to South Korea. And then we have another European nation that says we need some protection. So we send them our fighter jets and sell them for billions and billions of dollars. And so there's tons and tons of money that is made in war, uh, even to the point where that term, the, uh, you know, it's, it's just like we had the industrial revolution many years back. War is now like this big money-making machine. Woo! And President Eisenhower warned our nation about that, but it is certainly something that's even globally interconnected with these giant uh, companies that in many ways are even bigger than most countries. So, my friends, what does it mean? It just means the rumors and the, and the news is going to be swirling nonstop. <laughs> nonstop. See that you are not troubled. Well, Pastor Stephen, it does seem kind of alarming. I mean, what would happen if somebody pushed the red button? Well, whatever is going to happen, and uh, the number one thing is don't be troubled. But I would, I would present this to you today. Much of what you're hearing, despite the alarmacy of it, where it's almost like some, some reporters are trying not to go in the panic mode, but they also kind of like doing that because it causes more people to watch. And, you know, it's all about ratings. Um, much of this is just flat out. Are you ready? It's flat out noise. It's a lot of noise. It's a lot of noise. And while some things will happen, the noise will just be like a nonstop vacuum cleaner 
running all the time, but you've got to learn how to cut through the noise and stay focused on the assignment, which the noise will try to pull you off of, but also to know what, what is God really up to? How can I filter through all of this, all these rumors and all of this noise? Praise God. Praise God. Jesus said, see that you're not troubled for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. And that's the truth. The end is not yet. Some people say that Bible prophecy has been fulfilled. Jesus can come back at any moment. I, I don't see that. I actually see that there's more work to do. I'll give you a scripture for it in just a second. Praise God. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. And that word sorrows in the Greek means labor pains, just like a woman who's at the final stage and about to push the, the baby out. So let's drop down now to verse 13. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And we're not at the end yet. So hang in there and keep on moving. And verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Well, that hasn't happened. We know for a fact that there are entire people groups, not just a few. There are millions upon millions of people who don't even know what a Bible is, have never even heard of Jesus before, who don't know anything about God before. But the Bible here says the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and the end will come. Praise the Lord. My friends, the noise is uh, roaring in order to distract you. Distract you from what? Being involved in the sending out of the gospel. Now that's not only the good news in the sense that Christ paid the penalty for sins and you could be saved by putting your faith and trust in Him, but it's also the teaching of the gospel. So we preach it, but then also we teach it to explain it to help to help believers walk in the fullness of what God has for them. So there's obviously just a lot in, uh, you know, the, the planet's a big place. There's a lot of work to do, praise God. And that is where our focus should be, getting the lost saved and building up those who are already in the church. And my emphasis, because I'm not an evangelist, I do love to see the lost come to Christ, and I endeavor to do my part but my gifting is more apostolic and prophetic. Why? I want to build up those who are already in the church so that they can walk in victory and experience the fullness of what Jesus paid the great price on the cross for them to experience, not just when they get to heaven, but to walk as overcomers here on the earth. And so all the noise wants to distract you from this. And it also wants to do this because I get the emails from people. It wants to paralyze you with a spirit of fear so that you're not bold and you don't take the steps of faith to move forward, but you're trying to hold out. And this is what the Lord would say. The Lord, the Lord would say that your breakthrough is on the battlefield, not in your bunker. 
Mm -mm. Your breakthrough is on the battlefield. You have got to stay in faith and keep moving him forward and not try to run off and live out in the middle of nowhere and b dig a bunker in the ground and stock it full of, you know, uh, you know, ranch style beans and uh, dried fruit and, uh, and that awful, those awful canisters of dried food that they sell on even some of these Christian TV channels. Look, if I had to eat that trash that you mix it with water and it all tastes like a bunch of goop, which it does. I'd rather just say, Lord, I just rather let somebody push the red button. And if there's a nuclear or whatever, let me just stand outside and just take it and get out of here as compared to eating that slop. <laughs> That's what it tastes like. Have you ever tried some of it? Now there is good dehydrated food that you can get and you add water to it and you heat it up that tastes good but that stuff in these big buckets is woo uh, you just go ahead and feed it to the hogs it's it's that bad mm -mm. Mm -mm. not only that not only that god doesn't want you hiding in the bunker why your breakthrough your provision ain't down there in that bunker. It's out on the battlefield. You need to get up and get in faith and move forward today. Why? Because this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. And we can't do that with $152. Pastor Stephen, here's $2. I've got to put some money over here to save up to buy some silver and, all, and also to prepare my concrete bunker. Woo! God wants to pour wealth upon his people that are engaged in getting the gospel to those that don't know. Woo! Praise God. And those that have heard and received Christ, let's build them up strong, make them into overcomers, turn them into champions. Amen. But my friends, it's going to take some money. Most people that are in the church that are in cruise mode that are just there to kind of like enjoy the ride. They have no idea of the cost of what it takes to do uh, satellite television or to do big campaigns or to travel and minister in international meetings or the pay monthly television bills. They just sit back and cruise and just think somehow this all happens and people just pop on there and it's all, man, there's money moving. Woo, praise God. <laughs> and we're not moving back either. We're moving forward through the doors that God has told us to go through. Why? Because if the truth were told, I could run away. I could run away and hide. I've got friends all over the world. I could go places nobody could ever find me. Oh, oh, Pastor Stephen, governments now have satellites in space, and they can look down and they could read, they could read a book from uh, 80 miles up in the sky. You know what? There's still places on this earth that no satellite can see. There's jungles that are so thick. I've, I've even had a person tell me, hey, if you ever you don't want to make a go, I, I know where to go. I, I'm close to the ocean. I can be at the Atlantic Ocean in a few hours. I can get on a sailboat, turn off the GPS, turn off the cell phone. It'll take, uh, it'll take some, uh, well, it would take about a month and a half to get there. I could go somewhere where nobody would ever find me with a house waiting for me, food stock for me. But my friends ain't running off nowhere. Praise God. It's not even a, it's not even a temptation. I think it's all stupid. Praise God. I'm here to do the work that God has called me to do. I ain't going nowhere. Don't be looking for me in no stupid bomb shelter. <laughs> Hiding underground 
stocking up cans and stupid stuff like that. I let God take care of me. Praise the Lord. You know what? God is able to multiply food. God is able to supernaturally hide you. God is able to keep you safe. Though a thousand fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, it will not come near you. But those are for those that are walking in covenant, not those that are playing gimmicks and games. Whoo, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm-mm. Paul the Apostle told us that anything that is not done in faith is sin. There's a lot of people, I'm, I'm just being honest, they're in sin. All they're doing is being selfish, trying to think of themselves. Now, if you're stocking stuff up so that you can be a blessing, and you're stocking stuff up and saying, God, even multiply it so that if there were a, a disaster or a need, we can be a blessing, that's a different motive. That's something that God can bless. But if you're just stocking up something, maybe if you and your wife, your two kids, you four, or no more, and you're ready to shoot and kill people lest they touch your beans, you know, you don't really know Jehovah Jireh and the fullness of who he is. He never runs out. He could feed you with beans for the rest of your life. Amen. He can multiply food. Woo. Praise God. Hey, the noise is pretty thick. Somebody's thinking, yeah, I guess it's been affecting me. You're on the wrong frequency. You need to engage on the Matthew chapter 24 verse 14 frequency and get involved. Let's say you did have a bunker. Let's say you did have a, a safe hiding place with all kinds of food. Hey, what if you're out preaching and ministering and you're in a different place and then everything goes like shut down and you can't get back there to your bunker? What do you do now? Well, I guess that's when we just, you know, Pastor Stephen, we just uh, throw in the towel. No, 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 no. God's with you wherever you're at. Just go with God, but go. Why? Your provision is on the battlefield. It's not over there in your bean bunker. Mm-hmm. Woo, praise the Lord. Anything that is not done in faith, if it's done in fear, Paul said it's sin. Mm-hmm. That's in the book of Romans last chapter. Woo! Praise God. Mm-mm. Pastor Stephen, you got some scriptures to back it up? Yes. Second Samuel chapter 5. Well, what do you think I should do, Pastor Stephen? I think you should go into business. I think you, if you're single, you should get married. And when you're married, you should have kids. Oh, it's an awful place to raise children. Well, no, that's fear. That's a spirit of fear. And I'm not saying that you, you're foolish and just raise them and send them off to be, uh, you know, educated through a state system that wants to um, brainwash them to go off into perversion. No, you, you're, you're the parents. You could raise them in righteousness. You could put them into a Christian school. Maybe, maybe you're supposed to start a Christian school. Praise God. But don't sit back and get paralyzed and freeze because the noise has numbed you down to a place you don't even know what to do. Second mm-hmm. Samuel chapter 5, verse 18. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. 
That means the valley of the giants, the valley of the titans. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Baal Perazim, which means Lord of the Breakthrough, and David defeated them there, and he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Where did David get his breakthrough? Oh, Pastor Stephen, he got it hiding in the bunker watching TV. No, he was watching VH, VHS reruns down there on his big screen TV. <laughs> no, he encountered the God of the breakthrough, not in the bunker on the battlefield. Mm, not hiding away, eating ravioli out of a can. No, hallelujah. He got a he had a supernatural revelation of God as the Lord of the breakthrough on the battlefield. That's where your provision is at. That's where your favor is at. Get out, get up, get going. Mm, mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. He said, God, the Lord has broken through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Just overran them completely. Steamrolled them, praise the Lord. So, I would even give this caution in the area of what could be labeled as conservative news. Why? Why, why a caution there? Because while we need to be informed, and we need to know what the wicked could be up to, plotting against the righteous. At the same time, you don't want to just turn into like a parrot where you're nothing but a talking head. And all you're doing is you are telling righteous people what the wicked are doing. Oh, the wicked are doing this. And look at this. Look how awful this is. It's like, I, I don't want to get slimed. I know they're perverted. I know that they're doing things that, that in some ways should not even be mentioned or spoken of publicly. I don't want to see that. And I don't want to be slimed hearing continually what the wicked are doing. Pastor Stephen, you should have seen the halftime thing at the Super Bowl. Boy, they were really convulsing and moving. I, I, I didn't watch it. Why, why were you watching that? It's just creating noise. I didn't even know. Look, look I'm not saying you can't watch sports or whatever, but I, I just personally, I, I didn't even know who won. Somebody told me the next day who won. Didn't care. Still don't care. Oh, Pastor Stephen, it's amazing. Do, do you even know anybody on the team? Why are you so fanatic about people you don't even know? They don't know you. Why are you so pulled into something that it's just it, speaking a voice, speaking a sound? Woo, praise God. I'm telling you it's thick. Telling you what you're supposed to like. Telling you, telling you what you're supposed to embrace and celebrate. Stop and think. Mm. And if you like sports, that's great. That's your thing. That's cool. I don't, there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, what we're looking at in sports is no different than what Rome was going through with their modern day gladiators. It's no different at all. Maybe not quite as gruesome, although there's a lot of injuries in pro sports, and that's just the price people pay to make millions and millions of dollars. Even if you kill, you know, you know, you get brain trauma, or whatever. And then later in life, you're absolute vegetable. That's okay. You entertain people and made a bunch of money. Now you can just live the rest of your life as a vegetable drooling out of the side of your mouth. And uh, we'll clap while you slam your heads together. We'll clap and hurrah for you. You know, just stop and think about these types of things. Praise the Lord. Mm, mm, mm. Here, hear actually what God is saying. Cut through all kinds of noise. Mm. 
cut through all kinds of noise. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. You know, it was over a decade ago, and there was just tremendous hoopla. The U.S. is going to go to war against Iran. Yes, yes. Uh, President Ahmadinejad, he's, he's up to no good. Yep, yep. They've got nuclear weapons cooking over there and stuff like that. We're liable to go into a nuclear war at any moment. Matter of fact, we should just go just bomb them all. Look, it's not going to go away. It's just going to continue. This stuff is going to continue. I had a situation one time where I actually was in... I was in this building and I was actually praying. I was kneeling down praying right here all by myself one night. And Jesus came to me in a vision, stood next to me and took me in the spirit realm. And he was looking at Iran. This was right around the year, right off the top of my head, maybe it was 2012. And he was looking at Iran and all the threats they were making, uh, aware of it, aware that they, they're not, their intentions are bad, but also aware of it ain't going to happen right now. Mm -mm. And still the noise was just like you expected at any moment you were, you were going to hear that. Yep, we're going, but it never happened, did it? I'm telling you, there is, there's a lot of noise going on right now. And a, a lot of what is being noised is just not going to happen. Praise the Lord. Oh, by the way, while I was praying, you know what the Lord did tell me? You know what he did tell me? You might be shocked at what he tells you which could be totally opposite of what everybody's hung up on. The Lord did tell me, oh, he said, he said, the Americans will be the first to put a man on Mars. I said, what? I said, Lord, here I am trying to talk with you and uh, get insight. And you're, you're actually telling me that's going to happen. He said, the Americans will be the first to put a man on Mars. Woo! Praise the Lord. Well, obviously the nation can't melt down if that's going to happen. Obviously everything can't come unglued and the whole world gets, uh, you know, falls apart because of nuclear. No, no, no. We'll keep moving forward. Praise the Lord. By the way, I said, Lord, I said, do you have a scripture for that? And he gave me a scripture. I mean, just that fast. He gave me a scripture and he took me. Would you like to see it? He took me to Isaiah chapter 60 verse 8 and I, I didn't know what I was going to see when I went here and this verse lifted up off the page it looked like a hologram and it sparkled and he said it's Isaiah 60 verse 8 who are these who fly who are these that's referring to men people who are these who fly like a cloud and like doves to their roost I said Lord you're too much yeah, watch. They're going to fly to Mars. They're going to put a man on Mars. Probably maybe two or three. But the first person that touch, put their feet, touch the planet, it'll be an American. Mm -mm. This is very different, Pastor Stephen, than what's being voiced abroad. Yeah, God's, uh, God knows exactly what He's going to do. You know, back in the 60s, mid-60s, remember Sputnik, and that, of course, was before my generation, but Sputnik was put up, and America freaked out, and people were terrified, and the noise being broadcasted through the news was, oh, oh, the Russians, oh, they put a satellite in space, they're watching us, oh, they know everything that's going on, oh, we're all going to die. Noise, noise, terror, fear, paralyzation everywhere. Mm. And America said, we're going to put a man on the moon. Okay, they put a satellite in space. Kennedy said, we're going to put a man on the moon. 
and people thought that was the stupidest thing. The church laughed at that. The, the world's leading prophet of the day, William Branham, stood up and said, that ain't ever going to happen. He said, don't y'all worry about some kind of man ever getting on the moon. He said, that's never going to happen. It happened. 1969, Neil Armstrong put his foot on the moon. Do you ever stop to think God likes science? <laughs> you know, they took Paul to Athens. And so he goes to Athens, he sees all these idols and all this craziness all over the place. And he begins his speech by saying, God who created the earth and everything in it and the heavens. Well, Pastor Steve, my atheistic communistic professor at the university told me that we all evolved from the Big Bang. It's a lie. <laughs> it's a lie. You, just, you were just brainwashed with the lie. God created the earth and everything in it and the heavens. God did it all. God likes astronomy. God likes space. Woo, praise the Lord. <laughs> I was at a meeting one time. I can't remember what... I can't even remember what state it was. It was some years back. I got, all, I got so happy in the meeting, I started talking about some of the supernatural things I've had happen to me. One time when God took me out in the spirit realm, out even to the distant realm of outer space, and I was talking about all of this and just got so caught up in the spirit, I just kept talking. And when I was done, I, I thought, Lord, I, I hope I didn't overdo it. I don't know if there, you know, I don't know if maybe that kind of went over the heads of some people. And I had a, I, a husband and wife walk up to me after the meeting, and they said, uh, they said to me, the husband spoke first. He said, Pastor Stephen, my wife and I, we are both astrophysicists. We were blown away by what you were talking about with the uh, things God showed you about black holes and these other things in space. He said, this is what our scientific community needs. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Stephen, if we're all not going in the nuclear annihilation, what is going to happen? Well, all of that's going to continue to percolate through the noise. But let me tell you what's going to happen to you. You don't even have to change chapters. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light your light. I can't speak on behalf of the sinners, but I'll speak on behalf of what God says to you. Your light has come. This is your time. The wind of the Spirit is behind your back now. It's time to go. And your blessing, your provision is out there on the battlefield. Mm, get moving. Mm, start that business. If you're single, get married. Have children. Might want to have two. Mm, you might want to start two businesses. <laughs> Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness to people. Yeah, that's for sure. Real deep, real thick, real bad. Don't ever forget, when you're reading through 1 Thessalonians, and you get into chapter 4, chapter 5, all this fascinating end time stuff. I love it. It's not really my calling to teach on it, although I love it. And it talks how they're given over. The wicked are given over to a spirit of deception. Yes, Pastor Stephen, the devil, the devil gave them over. No, 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 no. It says God gave them over to deception. God gave them over to it. Mm -hmm. And that's why some of these things 
have to happen. If you want to be filthy and you want to be, uh, you want to be morally bankrupt and be just as filthy as you can be, go right ahead. Go right ahead. If you want to live righteous and you want to go to heaven and live with God for all eternity in heaven and have joy and happiness untold, go right ahead. You have all you want. That's what I want. Woo! Come on. Amen. Amen. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness to people, but the Lord will arise over you. This is your time. This is your time to shine. You're going to shine so much it says His glory will be seen upon you, and the Gentiles shall come to your light. Not all of them, but you will have some that will come to you and say, Hey, I've tried everything else. I've gotten drunk a hundred times, slept around, I've been immoral, I've tried every kind of drug out there, I've tried every type of uh, uh, Eastern uh, mysticism religion out there. I'm empty, I'm empty, I'm empty. It all left me completely empty. They're going to come to you because they're going to be very, very curious about the light of the glory that's on your life. It's going to get so strong in many ways it'll even be tangible. Unbelievers will see it. Mm-mm. And kings also to the brightness of your rising. Kings, those that have authority, those that have the ability to promote, those that have the ability to uh, lift and show favor to you, they'll come also and they'll release blessing. Praise God. But my friends, you got to get moving. Isaiah chapter 54 and verse 2, enlarge the place of your tent, and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare, lengthen your cords, and strengthen your stakes, for you shall expand, not contract and get smaller. You shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations, and make the desolate cities inhabited. You're called to be a blessing, and you're called to walk in and experience increase. I would like for you to visualize that, breaking forth on the left and the right, having to enlarge because of God's blessing upon your life. I want you to visualize it. I want you to see yourself doing it. That's what's called a sanctified, holy imagination. Your imagination is a very powerful force. See yourself doing it. And if there are wrong things, don't allow your mind to journey there. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Now, Psalm 46, let's close with this. Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Praise the Lord. I will be exalted. Praise the Lord. Now, so much of this deeper revelatory knowledge about God, what He's doing, what He's actually up to, what He actually gives a green check mark on, and says, yes, that's, that's authentic. And what He also says, I'm aware of this stuff over here. It's not even going to happen. It's like a false flag. It's just noise. So much of that comes out of getting still and quiet with the Lord. The number one thing that you have to do is you have to cut through the outer noise, such as going to sleep at night with the TV on, with the secular news just pumping out garbage, going into your spirit all night long while you sleep. I actually know Christians that do that. It To me, it's almost incomprehensible how you are so... Uh, you've got so much turmoil on the inside of you that you have to be sedated 
with the secular news network telling you all night long all of the problems of the world. So, number one, cut through the outer noise. So there'll be certain things that you're not listening to because in the eyes of God they're not important. They're not irrelevant. Not only that, a lot of it's never going to happen. Number two, cut through the inner noise. Praise God. Praise the Lord. How do you do that? That's the big one. You cut through the inner noise by, first of all, stopping from looking for something to numb all of your busyness. And a lot of times people, they maybe they grab alcohol to numb it. They're, they're so overwhelmed with life, they don't know what to do. So many directions pulling them, and so much noise that in their secret life, then they reach for something, usually something close, but they reach for something that's not God. And what does it do when they reach for something to numb all of the inner turmoil? It's only going to end up making it worse. It's going to put you now in a different form of bondage. So, to get quiet, you must know how to find your way into your secret place with God, because many believers don't. They can speak the Christianese so good, they, they can even quote the Psalm 91 Scriptures, oh, the secret place, but yet they have such anxiety in their life, it's like they're wound up like a, like a spring that's just ready to uh, go like that at any moment. Mm. Which is why for many believers they can't get quiet. Why? They're very, very uncomfortable with quiet. So they numb all of that inner turmoil with more busyness. Playing music all the time. Playing music all the time. Mm. Always something going on. Uh, talking nonstop all the time. But you've got to know how to find your hidden place with the Lord where you can get quiet. It may begin like this. It may not even begin in the prayer closet. It may begin with, Lord, I don't even know what to do, so I'm going to go take a walk. I'm going to go walk in a quiet, peaceful place. Maybe you're out in the rural area, and you can just go walk in a big open field, maybe for an hour, and talk with God. Before you know it, you'll start to hear the birds chirping. And before you know it, you'll probably notice, oh, look at those beautiful butterflies. And you'll start to wind down. Praise God. And then you could start to talk with God while you're, I'm not talking about power walking, speed walking, but as you just kind of walk and stroll, then you can start talking about certain things with God, start getting that off your chest, start letting your prayer go up. And then also you begin to move towards your prayer closet. And other times, you, you see, you have to find what works for you. Other times you might have to say, you know what? I'm, I'm just flat out physically tired. The reason I'm, I'm agitated, the reason maybe I'm short with people, the reason maybe I'm like in a bad mood or something like that, I just haven't got enough sleep. Maybe your route into the quiet place is go take a nap. Go to bed earlier and just go to sleep. And then you get refreshed, and instantly you're going to feel better physically. And you know, you, you have to experiment sometimes to find what works for you. I have my, my methods of journeying into the quiet place with God. I know what works for me. 
And because I've established that over the years, it's a path. I know exactly how to get there. But some people, they actually don't know how to do it. But you're going to have to slow down and work that out with the Holy Spirit. And He will show you. Why? Because today we have all kinds of distractions. You can be trying to get quiet with the Lord, but you keep checking your, your cell phone. You keep checking Instagram. Oh, there, there are so many things where AI has got humanity figured out, and they know what you like. They know, they know the eye candy that you like. Maybe you like cats, and you, know, you go to Instagram, and they're just going to feed you cats, because they know that's going to keep you looking, and plus you'll see the ads. Or maybe you like to bake cakes, and the, the uh, logarithms pick that up, and they're just going to feed you cake pictures all the time, and you're like, oh, look how pretty this one is. The next thing you know, the next thing you know, two hours have gone by. And all the anxiety is still there. All the problems are still there pressing on you. And Instagram certainly doesn't care. <laughs> they don't care at all. <laughs> but what, so what's going on? Just constant noise. Constant noise. It is shocking. Sometimes it's absolutely shocking when you actually get quiet and God talks. And what He begins to talk about is sometimes a total 180 of what everybody else is proclaiming. And what everybody else is proclaiming, it's not even on God's radar. He doesn't even care about it. Not, and in so many cases, it doesn't even happen. Mm. Woo! Mm -mm. Praise God. But you will have peace. You will have peace. Be still and know that I am God. And you'll get You'll get into that place where you are on, I mean, with your life, you're on it. Praise God. You celebrate what others are doing, but in your life, you are on your assignment. And because of that, people will also celebrate you. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. What happens with social media, you look at everybody else, and you think, and remember, on social media, everybody's putting their best foot forward. So, uh, it's like you think everybody else is doing perfect and awesome all the time. And what is it? What is it again? It's just noise everywhere. You have got to live your life. You have got to find out what God wants you to do. Get on that and rejoice in that and celebrate that. And when you do, people start celebrating you. Mm -mm. Praise God. We're happy for others. That's wonderful. But you have something very, very special between you and the Lord. You need to cultivate that, maximize that. Paul the Apostle said, he's uh, concerning his ministry, he said, I magnify my ministry. And he thanked God for what Peter was doing. He thanked God for what the other apostles were doing. But he said, I magnify my ministry. Praise the Lord. You have to magnify your assignment in life. Lift your hands. Father, I pray for those that are watching right now that their assignment is so important they can't be hanging out in some bomb shelter. Oh Lord, you've given them great things to do, great things to do, vital things to do. And I pray, Father God, today that they get back out on the battlefield and they win because you're going to reveal yourself to them as the Lord of the breakthrough. I proclaim over their life that the greatest breakthrough they've ever had is about to happen, and they're going to see it. 
I thank you, Father God, that there will be nothing in their past that they will look back and say, I had a greater moment 12 years ago, 40 years ago, or whatever the case might be. They're about to experience the greatest breakthrough they have ever had in their life. I pray, Father God, that you help them to get out on the battlefield and engage in life and engage in their assignment. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Woo! Praise God. Cut, cut, cut through the noise. Mm -mm -mm. Focus on your assignment. Praise God. If you're watching me today and you don't know Jesus, it's time for you to make your peace with God. And I want to lead you in a prayer to do that. And perhaps there's another group of you that would be watching. Maybe some of you would say, Pastor Stephen, I used to serve God, happened to catch your program today, but I'm not really living for God. It's time for you to rededicate your life to God. I would like for you to pray also. Okay? So let's pray together. Just say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I repent of all of my sins, and I ask you to forgive me. Save me now. Wash me clean with your blood. Write my name in your book of life and step into my life right now and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name I pray. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. And the Almighty has heard that prayer and has answered that prayer. Praise the Lord. So go out and get busy serving the Lord, following the Lord, living for the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let us take Holy Communion together. Grab some unleavened bread. Grab some grape juice. And let's pray over it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. Through this prayer, we now set this apart as being holy. We thank you that this is now the body and the blood of Jesus. Father, as we receive the Lord's flesh, we thank you that you are a miracle working God. Our lives were never meant to be stagnant boring or nominal. We thank you, O oh God, for an exciting life, and we embrace that fullness through Christ as we now receive His flesh. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's, let's eat together. Praise God. You know, one of the ways to get into the secret place is just uh, find a quiet place in your home, maybe a comfortable chair, sit down in that chair, even with all the noise, just sit there and start praying in tongues. You don't even have to do English. I know you're distracted. You're so distracted you can hardly even focus. Maybe your mind will even be screaming. This is a waste of time. Just sit there and do nothing but speak in tongues. And in about 40 minutes, all of that noise just will begin to evaporate and leave you. And at that point, you might start feeling kind of comfortable and just stay there until when you come out of your secret place. You're in, you're in peace. You're being peace. And you'll be so glad that you did not reach for some other type of option to take the place of only who God can be. Mm -mm. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for the cleansing and forgiveness of all sins. We thank you that You've started this work in us, and you're going to be faithful to complete it. 
and one day we'll be with you in heaven. Father, we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's now receive the Lord's holy blood. Woo, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Father, I seal your word, the spirit of prophecy over your people, the spirit of revival over your people. Bless them. I think this is a week of breakthrough for them. And just like David had a real revelatory understanding, God, you broke through. You're, this is breakthrough. Father, I pray that your people will have real encounters with you as the Lord of the breakthrough, where they see you come and break through for them on the battlefield. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Bless your people. Amen. Thank you for watching. See you back real soon. Have a great week. Bye-bye.